Welcome to Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the Palm Springs Unified School District. This show is produced by my dedicated student interns in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome Palm Springs Unified's Director of State and Federal Programs, David here. Welcome, David. Thank you, Joe. Give us some information on your background in education. Oh, wow. It's, uh, so this is year 34 for me, so there's quite oh, a bit. Wow. <laughs> Um, I, um, I started as an elementary school teacher um, just down the road in the Inland Empire in the Rialto Unified School District. Um, and, uh, I also, and I worked my, uh, I worked my way up to administration as a principal there. Um, I served as a principal in the Desert Sands uh, School District just down the road as well. Um, and then um, I went to the district office in the Fontana Unified School District uh, for a couple of years in a very similar role. And then um, I moved to San Diego and I went to work at the San Diego County Office of Education. Um, at one point decided I wanted to go back and put into practice everything that I'd been teaching administrators. So I went back to being a principal in the National School District. And then from there, I moved to the Bay Area, and I was at the San Mateo County Office of Education for uh, about five years, six years. Um, and then I left there to go to UC Berkeley to help uh, start up a new statewide program supporting administrators. Um, but then just as it happens, uh, my spouse got a job here in the desert, so we located here to Palm Springs. Well, you've, had, you've certainly been uh, quite around the state. And uh, I, are you from California originally? I am not. I was born and raised in central Missouri, um, and I moved to Los Angeles uh, as soon as I graduated from college. Oh, wow. Well, so you're, you're, you're a California person now. Absolutely. And, and, and we could even call you a desert rat since this is your second time around here in the desert. And what a great place. And um, if you've been in education for 34 years, we're hoping that you'll stick around as long as you like and then just retire from here. Right. Yeah, so, um, that, so that's really great. And um, I think uh, David's only been with us for a few months. You started in July, August? I, I started in September. September, okay, so uh, just a couple of months. And I remember when I saw your name, um, before seeing the face, I'm like, gosh, that name's familiar to me. And I really didn't know why. And I said, ah, probably, probably I'm just mistaken. Then I saw the face and I'm like, the face is familiar to me too. Chatting and you were my, um, one, or at least one of my daughter's principals in elementary school. Cause you were at Amelia Earhart, right? That's in right. Desert. Yeah. And that's where my kids went. So I do, um, I, and, and, you know, thankfully, I don't think we had much of direct contact because I had good kids and I didn't need to go visit the principal's office very often. 
But anyway, um, we're glad to have you as part of our Palm Springs Unified Family. And um, as an aside, and I'm not talking out of turn because you publicly announced it at the board meeting when you, um, when you accepted the position, your spouse um, came here to open the Black Rhino exhibit over at the Living Desert, right? That's correct. Yeah, well, I, I've, and it, and actually, you guys been here for a couple of months, but the exhibit really only opened a couple of weeks ago, and I can't wait to go see it. I'm seeing all of the, um, the publicity on it and uh, the TV commercials, and I'm a big fan of the Living Desert, so I can't wait to go see the new exhibit. I'm sure it's, it's really um, very interesting and exciting. So. We have a real zoo here, you know, like the first couple of years, cause I can't, I come from New York and the first couple of years that I was here, I really, I don't even know if the living desert was calling itself a zoo at that time, but over the years, it's certainly grown and now it is referred to as a zoo. And I'll tell you what, it's not so small. It's a really nice size um, area for an out, um, what do we want to call it? A, a recreational attraction, uh, and and a pretty good size considering that we're you know still a relatively small area here. The Living Desert's pretty darn big, and if you haven't been there, it's beautiful. And David, you don't know me that well, but I do. Um, I do bird walk all the time on this show and go off on tangents, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> but I promise that we are here talk about you and so, um, give us an overview you're the director of state and federal programs that that's a position that really has a lot on its plate on your plate now um, but I think that a lot of people don't really get what you do so can you give us an overview of what your position is sure so one aspect of the of the job is to rec to direct all the federal title programs, and they're called title programs just based on the way they were named in federal legislation that some time ago. And so that those are dollars that come into our district and to local private schools as well that have a specific purpose. And so part of my role is to um, is to understand how best we can use those funds on a district-wide basis and how best our schools can use them on an individual basis as well. Um, the next would be at the state level, and that's to coordinate all the activities around the local control accountability plan, the LCAP. Um, and that is making sure that we are meeting the eight state priorities by the activities and actions that we um, collaboratively work with and um, staff from across the district to design and implement to support our students. And then um, the third really is sort of a compliance piece and where it's um, because there are so many regulations tied to many of the different pieces of my job, it's really making sure that all of those pieces are, um, all those regulations are adhered to. So have you have you done specifically this position in all these places that you mentioned earlier that you've been? Have you had this particular role? 
I did in one in the Fontana School District. This was my this was my initial position when I was there. Oh, so that's good. So your learning curve is not it's more about, you know, what's going on here specifically in the district, but not the position itself. You know what to do, because I'll tell you what um, there are, you know, I, I came from the journalism world and went into public relations for something that I'm extremely passionate about, and that's education. But two jobs that I would, in fact, I venture to say there are no other jobs that I'd be qualified for because I'm not an educator. Um, but one of the jobs that would boggle my mind more than any other is the job that you have. So I, I'm glad that there are people who are knowledgeable and passionate about this kind of work because it's so important and without it we would not be able to run the district because we'd have no money so <laughs> so thank goodness for you and um and everything that you're doing to make sure we're being compliant and and all our boxes are checked and um doing everything right so that we can get the maximum funding for our kiddos and so you mentioned lcap um a couple minutes ago and that's big and it's it's something that how long has lcap been in place now it's probably been 15 years because it goes so fast um, um it's, it's a little less than that so the the law the law that changed the funding formula in california went into effect in 2013. okay so about eight years um and that that was a kind of a game changer, if I remember prior to that. I, I know uh, many school districts, including this one, are very frustrated with the fact that, you know, we had the state saying, this is your allocation and this is how you have to spend it. And there was not a whole lot of discretion on because everything was categorical funded and there wasn't a whole lot of discretion on what districts could do with that money based on the needs of their kids and kind of LCAP really changed that. And there's a whole lot of accountability that goes along with it. And you can't just, you know, sit in a box like you, David, and decide, okay, well, we're going to spend the money on this, that, and the other thing. And then you're done. I mean, there's a big process to it, but at the end of the day, it gives the school district more flexibility in making sure that our kids needs are met am i right that's absolutely correct you know one of the one of the big changes that certainly had a has an effect on palm springs is uh, a portion of the funding formula is known as supplemental and concentration and that looks at our the num or the percentage of our students that are considered low income based on the, our uh, free and reduced applications lunch uh, mm -hmm. applications. And because of that, um, you know, we get an extra chunk of money um, that a district that doesn't have such a high percentage of low income students would get. Um, so, you know, there's the there's the base formula that's the same for any district in the state with a few adjustments um, based on the grade levels and, you know, some you know, extenuating circumstances for a given district, like being rural or, um, you know, a single, a single school, school district. Um, but it's really that supplemental and concentration money 
that uh, is making the biggest difference in the way we have the ability to support kids. Right, and and the the process itself is um, like you know I know you you talked about that you're involved in in federal funding and also compliance with different programs, um, but really. The LCAP is a huge part of this job because it's not, as I said a few minutes ago, it's not like you're just sitting in your office and deciding what we should spend the money on and then you bring it to the Board of Education and they say yay or nay. There's an extensive process that goes into this. Can you can you explain how that works? Certainly. So yeah, with the um, when, with the advent of the local control funding formula, there was the recognition that there needed to be greater transparency in how funds were spent, um, and not just as you said, sort of presented at a public meeting, but that there there were there was a need for a mechanism to involve members um, in to gather input. And so as a part of that, and, you know, each district sort of has it done, you know, does it just a little bit differently, but we have, um, um, we have an organized um, uh, parent group known as our parent ambassadors. And it's, uh, uh, that's two parents from every school in the district who are invited to uh, gatherings periodically throughout the year. They get updates on um programs that we've implemented or actions that we've implemented so that they can provide feedback on how they believe that that's going. They may not have direct uh, impact, like it may not be something that their student is participating in, but they get an opportunity to listen and to consider um, whether or not it sounds like it's something that's being a benefit to students and if, you know, we're, are we getting um, our bang for our buck, basically. Um, but they also then, you know, uh, I ask them to also go out and canvas other parents at their schools to gather information uh, around different things uh, so that we have um, a broad representation about how to move, how we, how to continue to move forward. And obviously one of my roles is either to, for myself or to bring other people who have responsibilities in the district to that group so that they can share specific information. Um, a good example is the last month, last time we met, our executive director of mental health uh, came and shared a little bit of an update about um, some additions that were added to the LCAP last year so that uh, the parent group could see how that's progressing. And we also had uh, the coordinator of supplemental interventions to come and speak to that, not so much about like what is currently happening, or to, to like assess that, but actually to sort of get the word out because we don't have nearly as many students participating as we think ought to be. And so it was a, a little bit of an advertisement for that group of parents. But, and then we have, we have other groups that also uh, are, provide input to us. And so when we get past January, um, that's actually a pretty heavy lift from January to about May, where we look at, um, you know, we take time to look at uh, student achievement data and see how what the impact is on uh, the programs and activities that we've implemented and uh, use that to have conversations with all these groups about whether or not is this something that we should continue? Is it doing really well? 
do we need to augment it in some way? Does it need to does it need to be adjusted or changed in another way? Um, because we want to make sure that it's not just from the school perspective that we're understanding how. Right. So, you know, um, you, you're talking about the process and the input and you have your parent, parent ambassadors that are kind of on the ground level and giving their input. And then there's like a draft um, plan that's, that's um, put out. And then it's kind of a roadshow, right? I mean, you, you're out there, you and some other people are out there with pretty much every parent group that we have within the district, the superintendent's parent advisory group and the, the parent groups that Ruby Rivera oversees, the parent advisory committees um, that are overseen by a family engagement center. And mm -hmm. then there's usually a few public meetings that, you know, even if you're not involved in one of these parent groups, come on over or, you know, it was for, I guess, the past two years on Zoom. So we'll see whether we can do them in person or not. But come come on over and listen to, um, you know, what we're proposing and give us your input because we're not done yet. We want to know what you think and um, and you know, add to it, take away from it. And then we even um, do a community survey for parents, staff, and students. So that, and members of the community, anybody who wants to provide their input. And that, you know, what, what I've always been um, impressed by and also um, comforted by is the fact that this is not just going through you know, the, the motions, the input that is provided is really considered. And no, we can't say that every little thing that every person proposes is going to actually end up in the plan. But if there's enough traction and if it's something that makes sense, then it does get added. And, you know, those of us who are sitting in the district office or the ivory tower or however you want to refer to it um don't have all the answers and we need to hear from our stakeholders about what's important to them and their kids absolutely absolutely and i'm glad you mentioned the survey because in in two of my previous roles um you know i supported districts in some of this work um just like the county office at river of riverside supports us and, you know, one of the things that many districts struggle with is really getting in that enough input um, to really know how to move forward. And right. I'm, I'm really impressed at the amount of that the community of, for Palm Springs Unified provides. Um, you know, last year was a little bit different, but I, you know, I think there's just a little bit of fatigue with the pandemic, but in previous years, looking at the thousands of responses to the survey um, for such a small district, um, relatively speaking, um, right. I was really impressed. You know, one of my, you know, one of my goals this year is to find a couple of ways to like expand uh, gathering input um, haven't quite decided on, you know, how that will be, but, um, you know, ju again, just to, you know, just to make sure we are giving anybody who wants to have a voice that opportunity. 
Well, you know, I'm your I'm your person to help with that when you um, when you decide what exactly that's going to be. Let me know because we'll get it out through all of our channels so that we do give everyone the opportunity to participate. So that's wonderful. What do you see as um, some of the biggest challenges you have in your role as the director of state and federal program? Um, well, and I guess it's not so much just about my role, but it's a, it's sort of about the current situation in general. Um, you know, many, uh, a number of the things that are in our current plan and some of the, and some of the plans that we've created based on the federal, uh, pandemic stimulus money that we got as well, they were, they're asking for additional people, you know, get more hands on deck basically. And we can't find them. You know, we, right. uh, we have so many open positions, and, but we're not, that's not unique to Palm Springs Unified. That's happening up and down the state. And as I talk to colleagues that I know across the country, uh, it's happening there as well. Um, so, you know, part of that then is trying to help like our site administrators be a little more, think a little more creatively. Um, about how they might do something um, without that, without this one extra person that they were sort of counting on, maybe. Yeah, and speaking of that, so I was going to ask you about this too. Because of COVID nineteen and the the challenges, especially around you know um, learning gaps uh, because of the kids being isolated for so long and you know, we all certainly did our best and it was better than nothing. Still in all, uh, you know, kids, many kids did not thrive in that environment and have, um, they need some help. So a lot of this extra funding is geared toward um, getting the, the kind of support that they need. And so what do you, you know, is, is, do you hire people like on a temporary basis or is it like, you know, you tell them you're going to be here for a couple of years and then we'll, we'll take another look because this is, th this funding is like one-time funding, right? So it's not like ongoing for, let's say, um, I know we're looking for social workers and, um, other mental health support people and many, many other positions. So how does it work when it comes to hiring these people? Is it, is it like, you know, what we, we're, we know we're going to need you for this amount of time and then we'll see where we are. It's sort of like that. They're not, they're not really hired temporarily. Um, you know, we, you know, to, to have a position be attractive to someone, you know, they want to know that they have the, possibility of long-term, you know, long-term right. employment. So it is regular and regular employment process. Um, and so I, one of my roles is I work like hand in hand with our fiscal services department. It's the, it's kind of interesting. I need to know all about the educational programs and things, but I also need to know the budget piece. And so we've been very strategically using the money that will eventually go away. This the 
um, the like federal stimulus money, most of it we have uh, for um, a couple of years, some just a little bit longer. Um, and so things that we are adding that are directly related to the fact that we were in a pandemic and school, in-person school was closed. So a good example, you mentioned the social workers. The outcome of, of how that's resulted in terms of students and their families um, has, has brought on the necessity for identifying school social workers and a role that they can play in that. Um, and so we're able to add them in. That actually lets us not use other funds that we don't have to expend right now. Gotcha. Uh, that makes sense. So we get it. So we do get a chance to uh, to save a little bit, and so that we can extend this a little longer. Gotcha. That 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 makes tremendous sense. And um, if you're listening and looking for. Uh, job with the greatest family in the world because I, I i really i really can confidently say that i've been with the district for 22 years i have no plans on ever leaving and from the day i came in here it really felt like i became a part of a 2000 plus member family yeah there's a couple black sheep there always are in the family but for the most part it's really um that's the way education is in general but you probably don't know it quite yet, David, but you really are in one of the greatest school districts in the state, if not in the nation, because of everybody really cares about each other. And so if you want to um, be a part of this wonderful team, go to edjoin.org, E-D-J-O-I-N.org, and all of the positions are posted and um i'm sure we, we do record a couple of weeks in advance but i have no doubt that as we are here on december 5th there are still tons of positions open so if you're dead it's, we need you and not just teachers all of support personnel and uh, and social workers and mental health people and on and on so that I'll get off my soapbox about, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to plug the fact that we um, we need talented and um, committed people. For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what what are what are the goals that you have in your new position? So, um, you know, like I mentioned the one, just trying to expand my the parent engagement a little bit or the community engagement a little bit this year. And then the other is to, um, you know, one of my other roles is to identify um, funding that just doesn't come to us, but that we that's competitive. And mm -hmm. so that we have the opportunity to broaden what we offer to our students, um, um, you know, or, to, you know, to and to our staffs. Um, but that requires somebody to go looking for it and then to, um, you know, then take the responsibility of, um, you know, work, if it's a grant, working on writing the grant, working with the people that it will uh, benefit to make sure that the grant is written in such a way that it actually ends up benef benefiting them. Um, so that's, those are the, probably the two biggest for this school year. 
So that to me sounds like a full-time job. Are we looking for a grant writer? <laughs> no, not, you know, honestly, um, because we're not searching for funds that are outside of, um, and so it's not, it's not quite like writing grants to like a foundation. Um, which that, that definitely requires someone with a, with a skill like a grant writer. All right. Well, um, you definitely uh, have you cut, your work cut out for your, you, sir, but you actually, you also have um, a leadership team and, uh, you know, the rank and file and parents who are um, very committed to making sure that we do right by our kids. So you'll be leading them and you will have a whole lot of uh, input and support along the way. So. Thank you very much for everything that you will do for us. I'm not going to say what you have done because I don't know how much you've actually been able to do in like eight weeks. So uh, <laughs> maybe maybe 10, 10 weeks. But um, I know that you will be an integral part of our team and we're happy to have you with us. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited to be here. And we will definitely have you back, um, if not in the spring, definitely next fall, give us an update on how everything's going. And um, I will also make sure um, everybody who's listening, there will be notifications on all of our social media and on the website and probably direct to the parents through auto dialers as well about the input opportunities for LCAP after winter break. So. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, David, and thank you all for joining us. If you learn something new every day, a new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you again for listening. Thanks, Brianna and Emily. Thank you, David, and we will see you next week.